Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Welcome back to Caustic Content, the podcast where two lifelong friends torture each other by trying to find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. Uh, I'm Steve, and joining me as always, Myros is here. Hi, Steve. Hey, buddy. Uh, <laughs> we're ending our endless parade of guest hosts with uh, with our uh, at least semi-permanent uh, third host until he gets sick of this insane project and uh, bail. <laughs> right. No- normally, we call it a probation period, but the probation is really for us before he's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Not enough damn masochists in this world. Uh, I mean, that's a good intro, I'd say. Uh, so, welcome to the podcast. Uh, third man, as long as he'll handle us. Stephen Coleman's here. Mr. Coleman, how are you? I'm very happy to be your in-house uh, masochist. <laughs> how you feeling yeah, right now after watching these? Um, it's complicated. Uh, I uh, We'll get into it, I'm sure, but... Uh, at least uh, for one of these two films, I really am upset. <laughs> I'm really regretting doing this. <laughs> uh, well, rest uh, assured, Steve, it gets worse. Much worse. It does. It does. Uh, yeah, this is actually a pretty easy week, I'd say. These, these are <laughs> simple, simple movies to get through. I think you would have had a brain aneurysm if we had you on the last episode. Good Lord. Well, I did. I listened to the last episode just to kind of get a feel. And... Uh, it actually got me to want to watch both of those films, and I started. Um, oh, what the hell is it called? The the Trump prophecy. Of a producer. Oh, confessions of a. Or producer. notes from notes from a producer. No, you, you got no, it right confessions. the first time. Confessions. Confessions. Yeah. Best Sasquatch yeah. movie of uh, 2018. You ask me. <laughs> it's a werewolf, Steve. It's a I'm werewolf. Like, come on, it's the same. <laughs> I got Squatch on the brain. Come on. All right, well, you know, I guess we should jump right into our our episode this week. Um, Once again, I think we're uh, we're really uncovering some diamonds in the rough. Uh, Jeff Bezos, that billionaire pile of shit, has purged numerous terrible movies from his godforsaken streaming platform, and he's leaving us with nothing but high-quality shit. So here we are with some some more beloved mega-budget hits. And I guess we'll start with my movie this week. Uh, I subjected you gentlemen to a little movie called The University Player. Myros- no, you know, no, you know, Steve, we, we have a new uh, a third host here and yeah, uh, presumably a few new listeners every week with this new feed. And we haven't gone over the rules and you're already trying to jump into the damn film. You're right. You're right. I, I assume I assume everyone is a diehard that's been here since day one, you know? Okay, let's let's give the rules. Make sure Coleman knows, refresh him. All right. So we're going head to head on these to try and uh decide who wins in picking the worst film of the two. Uh we are only allowed to use what the streaming service provides us in choosing these two films. Uh if they give us a trailer, well, we can count our blessings on that front. If not, good luck. Uh, we try and steer clear of found footage films because they are very redundant, and uh, this is hard enough already. Let's uh, not try and watch the same movie a hundred times in a row. Uh, similarly, we have our Godfrey Ho clause, which is to once again reduce redundancy by limiting us to a single film from any given director. Uh, 
And really, last but not least, it can't be a film that either Steve or I have previously seen. Uh, we want to keep this fresh in mind for us and fresh to the listener. And we do right. recommend, Mr. Coleman, uh, for future reference, I wouldn't watch anything we tell you to watch more than 24 hours, 48 hours in advance, tops, uh, just because they tend to melt your brain a little bit and ooze out, and then you kind of forget what you watched. It's a very yeah, good rule. Yeah, I already made that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's not forgettable? The University Player. This is a, uh, a film from... 2006 and I didn't actually watch the trailer before I added it to my list of things that I wanted to discuss on this podcast because the poster for this movie is so fucking horrendous that I figured there's no way that this can be even remotely all right and I, I think I did good by that uh, this is one of my favorite subgenres of films that we watch on caustic content which is you can actually watch them run out of ideas for the movie as they're making the movie. And this is just a classic case of that where there's, there's no more movie left by the time we get to the last 30 minutes or so. And it's a, uh, it's really a beautiful thing. Uh, you, you know, I, I was going to prod Myros about this one, but Coleman, welcome to the fold. Welcome to hell. What are your thoughts on the <laughs> university player? I did not hate it. I actually found myself kind of enjoying it. Uh, (laughs) That is the wrong response. You know, it 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 didn't bother me. It like clearly is just, and I'm just doing research on um the uh, cast and crew. A lot of the cast and crew they're like professionals in Hollywood. Like um, the guy who plays uh oh gotta look it up Chance Trayvon Brumfield. He's a He's an editor, and I grant I don't think he did anything behind the scenes. I think he was in front of the camera the whole time, but I'm thinking, like, how is, like, a professional Hollywood editor involved in a movie where the editing is just fucking awful? It reminds me (laughs) a lot of, like, the films that I would work on in, like, my introductory filmmaking course, you know, uh, when I just learned how to use a Final Cut, but I shot everything on my flip phone Nokia. (laughs) <laughs> hey, this this movie makes liberal use of a Nokia phone about at the halfway point. So I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. You know, Mr. Brumfield is also he's he's the writer of this movie, uh, which is great, too, because it explores uh, just a tale as old as time here. Really, you know, uh, man wants to fuck basketball instead of girl. How to fuck girl <laughs> and still fuck basketball. Shrug. That's that's there's your plot, you know. We've seen it a million times. <laughs> yeah, the guy's like trying to learn the secret or something. I don't know. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's a premise is a little bit problematic and dated, uh, even for being only 15 years old. Uh, politics have changed substantially in that amount of time. Uh, I think it's got some very outmoded notions of the uh, courting process. We'll say that, but uh, it, it, it does have its charms. It reminds me of a couple of other movies we've covered in the past. Uh, Cracker Jacked comes to mind as well as, uh, The Park, but both of those movies are substantially worse than this. This is, I mean, it's not good, but no, for what we cover, no. it's, yeah, it's watchable. I was, a, I was a little charmed by it, I'll admit, <laughs> uh, yeah, except for the, uh, 
you know, a little bit of misogyny, a little bit of homophobia. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I looked past that and uh, it just it looked like a fun project for them. Um, I'm not sure why, considering the slight pedigree of everybody who's involved, why it was such a low budget offering. And, and the director is a professional Hollywood sound editor. And the sound was just like awful throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Um, Still not know, as bad the, as a lot of the stuff we watch, though, to be honest. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, this is just showing how green you are at this, Colvin. This is like, a, this is totally fine on the sound department. That's if true. you can I'm understand a, what is happening at all, that's a victory in the cost of content catalog. That is true. I'm a fresh gourd. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's, like you said, most of the performances are serviceable, and the movie itself kind of... It more or less functions, which is high praise on this podcast. I do like, I want to go back to the the poster for this movie because it's just like, it's split down the middle. The top half is like a, like basketball clip art. And the bottom half, our main character and his girlfriend are off in the background. And then front and center is his friend in the movie who <laughs> plays, it's, I mean, I wouldn't call it a minor role, but he's definitely playing second fiddle, so I don't understand why he's front and center here. But also, it's great that he's right smack dab in the middle of the cover and twice as big as everything else on the cover because he is a, a, a hideous-looking man. He, he looks like he hasn't taken a bath in, like, 27 years. Um, <laughs> he's, like, smiling and his eyes are closed. So, but, but think- then, <laughs> Why? I, I think I might know why, actually. Um, he, out of everybody in that cast, he's actually the only person I recognized. He's a stand-up comedian. So I think he has like a pretty big following. And I remember seeing this movie. Like I remember seeing his face on another cover of some video or like some DVD. And it was for this movie called The Family Reunion. And if you want to look it up, I mean, if you think he's ugly in the uh, University Players poster, I mean, this uh, family reunion, the movie, in quotation marks, uh, <laughs> is even, <laughs> I just, I remember that cover, like seeing that, like when I'm going, when I would go rent DVDs at like Hollywood Video or Blockbuster and always coming across that movie, it seemed like it was in the new release section forever. Um <laughs> This cover is substantially worse than the University Player, I must say. It's just like slathered in barbecue sauce. Oh, God. I should have chosen this movie. I'm sorry. Uh, I think they're Lord. trying to capitalize on his fame from starring in Leprechaun in the Hood. Uh, there's a good movie. Should have watched yeah. that. Would have been much better. Uh, he does uh, also have a uh, Comedy Central half hour out there if you're willing to dig deep enough. Oh, wow. A little premium blend episode? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's talk about like what exactly this is about. And there's there's really not a ton to it. It's just a guy who is obsessed with basketball and his girlfriend is like, "Hey, you're obsessed with basketball. I'm leaving you." And then he encounters a slightly older man who they make jokes about like he's 90 years old for some reason even though he's he's really not all that old. And he offers to enroll our hero, Chance, in Player University, wherein he will learn the art of getting any woman he wants 
There's some real like uh, mid-aughts pickup artist energy coming through here. Uh, now, uh, the value of Player University, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know where they get their accreditation from, but correct me if I'm wrong. Things that he learns in Player University include dancing, which he doesn't do very well. <laughs> Rubbing See, it doesn't toes. seem to really improve. I mean, it, <laughs> no, he comes it doesn't in improve with similar moves as he leaves with. Yeah. The, the toe rub, which I don't think he ever utilizes. Um, he, he, how to smoke cigarettes poorly inside that of a, a restaurant. That was, that was a very strange uh, inclusion. You know, 2006. I don't, I don't really know that you just did. Uh, yeah, what is it, 1966? Cools in the fucking sick, uh, in the restaurant in California. Absolutely yeah, I'm pretty not. sure they were one of the first states to ban smoking. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, smoking's super cool, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure if it's on my short list of things to impress women. Yeah, romantic. Uh, uh, just lighten yeah. up a smoke at dinner. That's, that's, that's not exactly the height of romance, I wouldn't think. But. Yeah. And, so uh, that's a Jim Carrey in the mask. <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty much covers it. Like, is there anything else that he really learns? There's a lot of montage sequences set to bad music uh by the way the soundtrack is available on itunes if you're interested um <laughs> uh, there was some very basic uh sort of you know chivalry stuff like uh pull a lady's chair out and open a car door for her but it's funny because make sure you pull it out before she sits down ha 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 See, it's and good, I, right? I don't was part of the curriculum uh stalking joggers yeah that, that that was a big part of it too. That's my favorite part. Is like I'm not the sure what was going on with that, but it's like his Rocky training montage where he's learning how to like bang hot chicks, and he's just hanging out in the bushes at the park. And then when a woman runs by, he just chases after her and harasses her. <laughs> and then he does this multiple times to the same woman. Uh, it's a good way to land you in jail. And finally, she talks to him, and then whatever he says to her, we're not privy to it because, you know, music set montage. Uh, but then she slaps him, and he falls over the seat. So I, I don't know. I, I, we don't really see him improving in any meaningful way until a little bit later on where he's in a club, and there's like a lone Asian woman dancing by herself, and they have determined that she is the, the hottest woman in the room. Um, I'm not sure how they use that metric. Hottest woman they could hire for the, the film. <laughs> and then there's this bet where it's just like, I bet that he can't even dance with her. And then the, the old training master says, I bet he'll take her home. Ha ha. And wouldn't you know, he does. He succeeds because the true test of your ability to get women is you you gotta be able to make them want you because they have to want what they don't have because that's that's what women want, right? Am I on it? I got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's about right. I think it's he kind of like negs her or something. I think I think it's got some of that energy going on. Yeah, man, he should be like that. Do you remember that like the VH1 show, the the pickup artist one, where that guy Mystery just wore like eyeliner and put like a fucking ostrich feather in his top hat and went around picking up women? Uh yeah, I I vaguely remember this. Unfortunately, uh, see that, that that's where this movie uh, again. It, it's a movie that's made for approximately a hundred dollars, but uh, it that that's where it kind of fails, and it, it's bound to have its struggles but the structure of it is a little bit unbalanced i would say there's no reason why 
this movie focused on this subject with this title is not why why are we getting a like five to ten minute montage of this uh, course like that that's the meat of the movie that really is no reason to condense it so much and then uh, include a lot of the other absolute filler that happens later in the film i think it's supposed to be for the the jokes heavy finger quotes around those like oh he's rubbing feet but feet are stinky and then <laughs> stalking women in the park is funny and this this movie really plays it fast and loose with the idea of a joke like even after he gets dumped i think one of the first jokes we're privy to is he's crying in his apartment because his girlfriend dumped him and his friends go looking for him and they walk into his bedroom and then we just hear like <laughs> fart noise <laughs> there, there is <laughs> they're like oh man you made a stinky noise. fart and oh this guy he loves his like public domain soundboard sound effects uh, i i don't blame him i mean you know i'm i'm the same uh, the whole like introductory, like the, the credit sequence in the beginning, every time a new name like pops up on the screen, he just plays like a random sound, just like Auga! beep beep, woo! <laughs> every single like it's just he's just going down the line on the public domain sounds. And the transitions really in that credit sequence are pretty ace too. Yeah, you know, just like fucking water droplet uh, wipe. I don't even know what the hell's going on with the thing, but. And that's the point where you're like, oh, I see why Steve picked this. It looks like absolute shit, but yeah. Then uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, uh, the the first one of the first establishing shots when they're playing a game and the there's a freeze frame. I thought legitimately that there was something wrong with my internet connection. <laughs> like I didn't realize it was like one of those like, wait, how did I get here? Freeze frames. Because it just does not focus in on him that well. I didn't no. even know it was about him. I mean, I, I'm glad that this movie is mostly in the realm of like romantic comedy because it's it's bookended by a couple of action sequences with some like and one mixtape basketball shenanigans, and then in the middle we have this whole like jogging sequence. There's a couple of jogging sequences. They love jogging in this. And anytime there's action on screen that is even a step above two people talking, shit gets a little weird because this guy cannot, cannot shoot action. He's doing everything handheld and the camera is just bobbing and weaving everywhere. And you have all this like natural light that's just totally blowing out the frame. And I swear to God, when he switched to jogger cam, I was getting physically ill watching it i thought i was like if this if this keeps happening i'm gonna have to pause this and like take a fucking walk uh you get a little bit of that in the basketball scenes too it's it's very strange because uh i mean again it's not a beautifully shot film but it's very workmanlike for the sort of thing we approach on this podcast but uh these yeah action films and outdoor film uh scenes to begin with everything looks like it's it's sheathed in vaseline for some reason and uh yeah the jogging stuff is incredibly abrasive. Like it's very much, well, why don't you just shoot it in a static shot? Like, is there a reason why we did this action cam? Cause it, it does not look good. It's not functional. <laughs> no, doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. Uh, you know, the other thing I, I, we definitely need to talk about here is the part I mentioned before alluded to where the movie runs out of movie. And they have to start kind of bolting things on just to, you know, float us to the ending. There's a scene after the club scene. 
where he he meets the the hot Asian woman, the hottest girl in the room. Before we go back to his apartment because he takes her home, which would be the logical next scene, uh, all of a sudden we're treated to like five minutes of flip phone footage of people (laughs) just like doing burnouts in a parking lot. None of these people are characters (laughs) in the movie, by the way. This is... The director went out and just like shot shit in the streets on a Saturday night. That was probably my favorite part of the movie. Oh, the opening? Good God. So this sequence that you are totally unaware is about to happen, (laughs) it comes out of nowhere. Like it just, boom, smash cut. And then all of a sudden you see this grainy, like 2006 phone footage of a woman just popping her head out of a car window and just vomiting down the side of a car. That's how we're introduced. Fuck! Why? <laughs> and then you're like, "What the fuck?" And then all of a sudden, there's burnouts, and then you see like, and it's it's shot like I mean, it looks like grainy shit. But to give you an idea of just like the aesthetic of all this, it's very like it looks like almost like an episode of Cops or something. It's it's very like handheld, shaky cam all over the fucking place, exploitative. There's a, a woman who just like pulls down her pants and then just bounces her her ass up and down. Like just fucking drops trout, just boink boink. And then you're like, what? And then they walk into I can't tell if it's a store or a restaurant or something. And Cedric the Entertainer's there. And then Cedric the Entertainer looks right at the camera and says, Hey Chance, hope you get your girl back. And then you're like, What the fuck is that Cedric the Entertainer? And then boom, just like that, gone. You're like, what the fuck just happened? What? See, you're conflating because that's actually part of a second uh, instance of this uh, oh, cut I'm to sorry. cell phone montage thing. Because the, the first one is just weird street level nonsense of like cars hot rotting about and a uh, woman vomiting everywhere. But uh, and it's not it's not set up. It's not like our characters are are out uh, street racing or something or, uh, you know, even consuming alcohol. It, it's just randomly inserted into this thing. And then later in the film, maybe 10 minutes later, th- there's this whole cell phone montage of random people on the street going, Hey chance. Hope you're doing well with this girl. Get your girlfriend. Uh, good luck. There's probably eight to 10 people. One of which is Cedric, the entertainer for no fucking reason, but also think, uh, Cedric. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I was, I was just going to say like, also is this like fourth wall? Like what the hell is even happening? This is not set up in any way. It's just written of people shouting the main character's name and, and describing part of the plot to the audience. Do you think yeah. Cedric the entertainer got scale? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I will bet any amount of money that Cedric the entertainer didn't know he was going to be in this fucking movie. Like, I guarantee you the the guy uh, uh, like Trayvon Brumfield or or Reginald Dunn or whoever just happened to walk in somewhere, saw Cedric the Entertainer, was just like, oh, shit, opened up his phone, was just like, yo, Cedric, my boy Chance, who's definitely a real person that exists, his girlfriend dumped him and he's trying to get her back. Can you tell him, like, hope you get your girl back? It would make him feel really happy. And Cedric the Entertainer's just like, yeah, sure, whatever the fuck, I'll do it. And he just did it. And he did not know, like, this, I, I don't think he would, well, he can't do it right now, but I don't think a few years down the line he would he would do something like this because obviously he'd be like, well, this is going to be on fucking Instagram or whatever. But back then he's probably like, oh, yeah, no big deal, whatever. And there's no fucking way he knows he was in this movie. <laughs> not possible. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Uh, I, I loved that moment, though, so much. I just kept thinking <laughs> of different scenarios of, like, how they happened upon him. And uh, he's in a jewelry store, too. Is that what it is? Okay, I couldn't tell if it was a store. I don't know where the fuck he was. You can't really see very well. It's... Well, yeah, the first at the first time I saw it, I thought he was at like a deli, but then yeah. I just watched it before we started recording. And it's like, oh no, he's at like a jewelry store. He's like got jewels in his hand, and yeah, the the, uh, so the old diamond deli. Of, yeah, Cuff, that's a Probably derail. But do you think Cedric the Entertainer's dead? Is he is he not dead? I thought he was dead. No, no he's, he's not he's dead. He's a star of a oh. current CBS sitcom. Bernie, Bernie Mac. Bernie, Bernie Mac is dead. dead. Fuck. <laughs> Oh boy! Now See, here we go. Oh, yeah, here's, here's our here's our next review. Steve Cuff racist because he conflated <laughs> Bernie Mac with Cedric the Entertainer. I could have just let it go, but I was like, "What is he saying?" <laughs> no, no, I I deserve I deserve that call out. I'm sorry. Cedric the Entertainer would have been better in Mister Three Thousand, I think. Personally, they were both kings of comedy. Mm-hmm. Very both true. Kings of comedy. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll die before the episode comes out, and I'll be vindicated. Uh. Well, let's let's hope not. God bless Cedric <laughs> the Entertainer. Yeah, Cedric the Entertainer. Probably a nice guy. Uh, but yeah, he definitely doesn't know he's in this movie. Uh, Cedric, if you're listening, sorry I thought you were dead. Uh, let <laughs> us know what your thoughts are on the University Player. By the way, why the fuck is this called the University Player instead of Player University? Can someone explain that to me? There's not another movie me. called Player University, and it would have made a lot more fucking sense. I, I asked the I, same question while we were watching through it. I was like, what? What? Why did they title it this? It's it's confounding. It's like there was a dyslexic person who wrote the title of the film down or something. I don't know. Well, I think I think that once uh, Chance finishes his uh, degree with uh, Uncle Rick, that he is a university level player, hence <laughs> university player. I don't think he's much of a player at all. Uh, is, that depends is he how not... you define player. I mean, Uncle Rick yeah. has his own definition. A yeah. man who knows uh, all the answers. That's yeah. See, Uncle Rick is playing fast and loose. He's got a real postmodern definition of what a player is. I'm going by more of a a, a static definition that has uh, stood the test of time. Because Chance is not looking to just pork lots of chicks. He wants to pork one girl and one girl alone, and also play basketball. So I I don't know. I guess the uh, I guess monogamy university speaks to a different crowd. You know, that's if you want to get the <laughs> uh, the Christian audience, that's how you rope them in. It's uh, Kirk Cameron's uh, vehicle. Kirk Cameron's Monogamy University, yeah. <laughs> Sequel to Fireproof. <laughs> Buy the book. <laughs> Every Christian movie has to have a book that goes with it. You got to buy into the whole fucking program. That's how it works. Um, okay, so before we wrap this one up, the ending. I'm a, I'm a little confounded by it. Um, first Boy, of all, it's gone from my mind. I don't even remember what you're referring to. I feel like we could have gotten to the ending a little sooner. Like, if you cut all this cell phone footage, you still have a feature-length film. This movie is not... I mean, it's not like three hours long, but it's long enough. So I'm not sure why they had to pad the fuck out of it, but here we are. And by the time we get to the end, you have to remember, Chance's entire motivation here is Chance plays basketball. He cares more about basketball than he cares about his girlfriend. Therefore, he has lost his girlfriend and comes through a period of growth wherein he realizes he loves his girlfriend and wants to get her back and needs to prove that he has grown as a person and can balance his love of basketball with his girlfriend. One, we don't really see any growth other than he learns some basic, like, how to function rules, I I guess. Like, I I don't know. 
Uh, and, and, you know, he learns how to smoke like a cool guy. And some sleight and of hand magic. Yeah. He when, when he gets, yeah, he does learn that. When he gets to the end, he's in this basketball tournament that's alluded to in the beginning of the movie. And he plays in the tournament. And she's there. And she's cheering him on. And he wins. But why, why, why is she there and why is she cheering for him? This, it's it, like the entire thing seems antithetical to what they're trying to do. Like, I, I don't, it's not like he has thrown away basketball to choose her or found a way to balance the two. Like, all he does is he does what he was doing before and then kind of gives her a line and she's just like, I love you now. And then it just kind of leaves you there. I mean, it's it's warm and it's fuzzy and it's nice, but I, I'm, I'm not I'm not seeing the growth from Chance that I need here. Help me with this. Help me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Nothing. Uh, yeah, there no, there's not a lot. It, it, he just, it, I guess that the way they convey this, yeah, not entirely successfully because the dialogue is very strange and awkward with this uh, framing of this question she asked him at the beginning about, I, I don't even know, something, something, perfect man, perfect woman, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's kind of a nonsense, like, riddle type thing, and... Uh, he doesn't know how to answer it because who the fuck would? Uh, and then at the end, when he does his, uh, uh, hey, son, look at this uh, quarter in my hand. Watch where it goes. Whoopity whoop. Wow. Here's a rose. Uh, I guess he he gives her a half-assed answer to that question. And, and that is what she needed to hear. You know, minimum effort and parlor tricks. That's all you need. Yeah, I mean, I what, do, what do you expect for this uh, uh, shoddy <laughs> university? You know? I don't know. I mean, I, what about her? She, like, as soon as they break up, she immediately goes and chases after the dick of his arch rival, who's also a piece of shit that, like, whispers all of his lines. You can't hear a damn thing that he's saying. Why is, is that? Is supposed her? to have an accent, by the way? Uh, yes, although that is a, a, a flaw, I would say, because they keep saying he has a Spanish accent, but he's clearly trying to do some French thing and not Spanish at all. In no way Spanish. French is the new Spanish. Come on, man. Come on. That's not as bad as the accent in the other movie we watched, but you know, that's well, there's <laughs> very, very little of this movie is as bad as the next movie. We <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. As far as things that we've watched where clearly it was made for very little money on a, you know, a quick little like weekend shoot, week long shoot. This is, functional functional by the you know the bar that we set which d doesn't mean you should watch this at all but no. um it's it's a movie and that's something comparatively if you really like jokes about like sweating balls and uh that, that i guess maybe this is for you i don't know it, it has just some strange uh sexual politics in the, the year 2020 we'll say that yes I don't know any depiction of women. They're just like prancing around in nighties, like having pillow fights and shit. It's uh, <laughs> it's uh, interesting, dude. Hose be pillow fighting. Come on, come on. <laughs> we all know that. That's what we. As soon as you turn around, you see you see women walking around and you know being normal people, everyday people, functioning members. Of, as soon as you turn around, the PJs come on and the pillows come out, and that's how they live their lives. This is this is nothing but truth. So, the university player. Don't fucking watch it, I guess. But um, <laughs> damn, I think it's our highest recommendation of don't. Fucking <laughs> yeah, our watch highest it. recommendation of don't fucking watch it. 
My back of the box quote is the best thing we watched since that horror movie that we had for episode one that was almost passable. What was that called, Virus? What was the first the first thing? Your first choice for our very oh, first God, episode. Oh God, I don't fucking remember. It had some sort of like number jammed into its name. I don't know. It was real yeah. real dreadful. But I mean competent. It was dreadful in that it was boring. It's Hold called on, like I've the got last, it right here. It the is, last it, Friday. The last Friday, wasn't that no, it? The, or the, the 13th Friday. Oh, fuck. I was close. 13th Friday. Shit. All right. Well, close enough. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll move on to uh, the real filet of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> ah, boy. Man, this is not how it's supposed to. I literally, I actively said when I picked this movie that I was throwing the episode because I wanted to watch this. I thought it was going to be a, a classic. And in some ways, it, it sort of is. Just it's impossible to watch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Jesus Christ. I feel like in a lot of ways, I owe an apology to Stephen Grew and some of the other filmmakers that we've dragged for uh, their, their various indulgent projects that they've done. Uh, but very few things that we've watched can really get on the level of 2015's Zone X or Aliens colon Zone X, yeah. Or uh, Zonix, as I like to call it. Uh <laughs> This is, it's, well, it's a movie about walking around in the desert for two fucking hours. Miles, what the fuck is this? What, what are you, what, what's <laughs> going on, man? Holy shit. I don't know. This is, this is straight up fucking insanity injected right into the veins. Like, this thing is, uh, I, I don't even know. This, this guy must be like a true quack. Like, th- this is not reek of someone trying to capitalize on anything. This, this guy is all in. He's listening to fucking George Norrie every goddamn night. This thing is, there's like rods zipping around all over the place. We got orbs. We got all sorts of this bullshit. Uh, but yeah, no, he this is a movie. Me, he well, strikes me as a guy that like shops at the crystal store. You know, the, the right. store where you get all the different crystals. You got to line the chakras. Yeah, I don't even know. I, as someone who has listened to their fair share of, of this nonsense uh, in their lives, I, I don't even know what half the shit they're talking about in this is. But I assume it's something. Like this meridian energy or whatever. I, I don't know. But uh, here, I'll, I'll read the Amazon description. Maybe, maybe it, uh, it summarizes it better than I possibly can because I don't even know how to describe it. So we have uh, park ranger Don Morgan is torn from his routine life due to a UFO visitation. A power outage knocks out electronics and communications, stranding hikers and downing a small plane. Don must lead the survivors across an area. Zone X. Is it the sun, dehydration, or something else playing tricks with them? Don must summon paranormal abilities and battle marauding creatures created by the aliens. Uh, created in quotation marks for some reason. Um, I, 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 the creatures are created by the aliens? Are the creatures aliens? I, I don't know. what this, this is a grand mystery, man. It, it's simultaneously one of the most batshit insane things I've ever seen, and yet somehow so boring as to be unpalatable. Yeah, it's it's a special, special breed. And I do want to say, Amazon description, we, we know from the fucking jump almost, like within 20 minutes, we know that aliens are involved because like, oh, yeah, we've been walking in the sun for a, what seems like a very short period of time. And then a guy sees an alien and you're like, oh, and he's like, oh, dehydrated. I guess I'll drink some water. 
uh, <laughs> even though he's wearing pants and a hooded sweatshirt the entire time. Yeah, they were um, going out for a hike and they're fucking wearing like a denim mini skirt and a, yeah, in the desert, a sweatsuit yeah, or some shit. I don't even fucking know what these idiots are doing. Yeah. But but once once they they reunite with or they they unite with the uh, the plane crash group and our paranormal park ranger and they they really trek into the desert here. There's like a sign, a sign that says yes. you're entering Zone X. There's fucking aliens, and then there's like pictures of spaceships and shit. We know it's aliens. They saw the <laughs> aliens. The sign indicates that the, because you know whenever the government's just like okay, this is a government zone. They're like yeah, this is where the fucking aliens are, right here. Right, this it has like, it's a big government sign that has like warnings on it of, of what could be occurring there. I don't know, like radiation or something. But then it also says mind control and alien <laughs> technology. Why would the government post that on a publicly viewable sign? That doesn't seem like no. uh, the sort of thing a conspiracy minded chap would, would believe the government to regularly do, right? Uh, you, would, you would think. You would yeah, think. this thing opens with... This guy, I, the park ranger, Don Morgan, because he's a real American Joe. Uh, he's just like doing he fucking, <laughs> he's doing fucking like Pilates on a mountain. And then he looks up <laughs> and the mountain turns into a scary ghoul face. <laughs> and then he's just like shooting energy beams and, and right out the gate. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought we had a real winner on our hands in the first five minutes. I was like, oh, this is, this is some real special shit. He's just fucking summoning some last airbender shit out of his hands and, and yeah, throwing fucking crystals at the aliens. And there's, what, there's like a bird and shit. Okay. <laughs> what we're saying right now sounds insane and amusing. I can assure you it's fucking not at all. But no. The, the one thing that I couldn't get around, and this fucked me up, like, not a lot happens in this movie as much as we're going to talk about all the weird shit that happens. Really, it's a lot of walking around in the desert. That's that's like the primary thing. This is like fucking Paris, Texas cross with a sci-fi original movie. Um, it's just a lot of walking. Now, there is a look to this movie that is unlike anything <laughs> I have personally experienced. We've watched movies where... Uh, like the omnipotence of dreams from a few episodes back. If you want to check that out where it's almost all this like weird, like nineties CGI and like everything is CGI and it's green screened. Uh, the, what's the other one? Like the amazing bulk is another one. Oh yeah. Just people yeah. Green if you're going to watch one of the two, watch omnipotence of dreams. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so these movies, they, they just, they green screen everything and then they just, they just throw in these like PS2 like late 90s graphics that that serve as well i mean the entire fucking movie basically now this just has a weird like sheen or filter over it now rest assured every time you see CGI and there's a lot it definitely is throwing out those PS2 vibes okay but wh when i say everything i mean there's like a a filter over the sky there's just like Everything you look at, I, you can't tell if anything is real or fake or, or what the fuck you're looking at. And again, I'm making this sound compelling or interesting or at least entertaining in some sort of way. It, it's not. It's just sort of it's disorienting <laughs> and weirdly upsetting in a way that I have rarely experienced with a movie. I mean, I mean, when this stuff is really going down, I guess it's entertaining. Like when some giant iguana like fucking 
bites a guy and he turns into Gumby and gets fucking ripped across the desert in ridiculous fashion. Sure, <laughs> it's entertaining, but that's, that's like 30 seconds of a two-hour movie. Yeah, it's a long fucking walk to get there. <laughs> that's That shit's great, too, because... They they try to like seamlessly mesh like the the real with the CGI during these fight sequences. So whenever someone gets like dragged down a mountain or thrown up in the air or you know killed or whatever, all of a sudden they they switch from regular ass human that's just in the movie into like ragdoll CGI PS2 man just just floppy graphics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Like, have you played Goat Simulator? It looks like some Goat Simulator shit. Like, they're just flailing around, and I don't know. I Coleman, favorite movie you've ever seen? <sighs> you know, I I'm surprised my neighbors didn't bang on the wall because for a good, I didn't watch this consecutively. I had to stop four times. I'm just like, <laughs> go for a walk or. Just do something and watch something else. I mean, the most common noise I was making was just. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> the, that's the noise the biker makes when he's when he's like powering up his negative biker energy to throw. Oh God, the, we're gonna have to get into the that. last Australian <laughs> Airbender. Christ. What? Okay. <laughs> that like lost so, Baldwin brother who fucking opposite of the movie. He is so cool. So. He shows up at the beginning when the teens are driving down the road before their truck gets like like electromagnetic pulsed by the aliens and stops. But he's just like driving behind them. Well, and well, then they're he, like, he, he keep in mind, he does not. He materializes out of thin air. He, he has like a <laughs> invisible force field or something. He, he zoops. He zips into the screen out of out of nothing. Yeah. And then instead of just passing them like a normal person. He's just like, menacing glare. And then he like rolls up alongside of them and like waves a gun and then speeds off. And they're like, wow, that guy's a real dick. And then later in the movie, he's yeah, Chekhov's biker dickhead. He shows up like 45 minutes in when you've basically forgotten about him. And he's just like, I did forget about him. I was yeah. like, and he's like, it's me again, the biker. And then he explicitly says, he's like, I followed you through the desert without any water just because I'm an asshole and I don't like the way you drive. <laughs> and then he has, he, has, he has magic evil powers that match the good powers of Tai Chi Park Ranger, who has an Australian accent. Is that an Australian accent? I, I have not I been to Australia. I don't know. So? <laughs> I, I was confirmed? very confused because I had... Just before I watched that, I watched uh, the documentary Jasper Mall, and like the head of security of this mall in Jasper, Alabama, I thought he was speaking with a southern accent, but then sometimes it's clearly an Australian accent. I thought this was the same phenomenon. Uh, it, it, it's very bizarre, but uh, Steve, we, we got to specify what this man's energy is, because he, he specifies that... The park ranger's meridian energy is strong, but his mudra energy is stronger. Uh, I, I, I don't know what any of that is, but I will say this this may be the worst acted film I've ever seen in my life. It's uh, it's pretty special. I don't know if I chalk it up to the worst. I'm sure we could <laughs> go into the backlog and find a few. Do you need to watch The Spy Who Boned Us again, Myros? Do you want me to throw that on for you? I mean, that's a worse movie than this, uh, certainly, but it just 
acting alone. Like every universally every person in this cast is abominable. Like no line de- delivery makes any sense. It's all a fucking huge mess. I feel like it's just like a collection of like personal trainers, no offense to personal trainers who just <laughs> got the part. That seems yeah. about right. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the old guy from the airplane. Um, what is his name? I don't know. His his daughter is the blonde woman, Susan, and the general. The, the old, yeah, the, yeah. The old guy is just like. Well, I like him for a lot of different reasons, but he seems to be. You know, he's like, okay, this is my big chance to be an actor for once, and he's trying to like infuse a little bit of Pacino in there, like just a little bit of Glengarry Ross. <laughs> like every time, every time he gets in a fight, he's just like. Oh yeah, fuck you! <laughs> just kind of gets into it a little, you know. It gets a little flair on there. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like a like a low rent Dan Hedaya. Oh, that's that's accurate. He does have a Dan Hedaya look about him. I I really like his companion. He's just like dad in fucking cotton dockers. <laughs> yeah, like, I've never seen a guy before in a movie who it's just like he exists as monster fodder. That's his entire entire role. It's pretty impressive shit. Um, oh boy, I I don't I don't know where to go with this one even. So they're they're trekking through the desert, and it, once we get to that, which is the real meat potatoes of this movie, it's basically walk for ten minutes and then insert CGI monster fight for two minutes, walk for ten more minutes repeat process, repeat process, right? And we are treated to uh, murder scorpion, murder gila monster. Uh, there's a dragon, right? Uh, and, and of course, like the that. biker. Scorpions. Scorpions. Laser scorpions. <laughs> and, and this all seems to be like, like orchestrated by the aliens who pop up intermittently to just be menacing, but they're not because they're just kind of like deformed gray aliens i guess yeah and they like shoot out weird color beams at people that seem to do nothing but the actors oh, yeah. kind of like ah! and there's there's the fucking the fat wizard the in, in the yes. blue the, the wizard <laughs> alien he who looks like the koopa wizard from super mario world him he's cool hammock dig yeah. His shit. yeah so then they they continue this process and a bunch of them die um also, t- towards the end, it seems like some of the women are badly sunburned to the point of blistering, which I chose to believe was because the director left them out in the sun for 12 hours straight and not because yes. it was part of the movie. But maybe maybe that's a great ma- makeup effect, in which case, touche. It seems unlikely. Um, it, it seems like legitimate sunburn. Okay. Well, the point <laughs> that I'm getting to here is the ending. Because all the shit that's going on, we got the biker with his bad energy. We got the Australian park ranger with the good energy. We got the space aliens. We got the monsters they're conjuring, trying to get through this. And then we get to the end. This lasts like five to ten minutes. I watched it twice, partially because I hate myself and partially because I thought, you know, if I watch it a second time and really focus, maybe I can figure out what the fuck is going on. And wouldn't you know it, guys, couldn't figure it out. Cannot I cannot for the life of me. What do you mean? Perhaps, I didn't think it was that obtuse. What What is it? Oh, well, 
I mean, so it's the idea idiotic, is, but it's not, it's, the, it, didn't, it didn't baffle me, I guess. I mean, the, the choice the, wait, baffled wait, wait. me, but the, the explanation <laughs> didn't baffle me. Well, that's that's where I'm getting to here. It's like, wh- wh- so the, the whole point of this is what? Oh, just explain this for the listeners. Don't fucking watch this. Let, let Myros explain it. I mean, you might want to watch this. It depends on your pain tolerance. <laughs> this is a strange thing. I, it, it almost begs to be seen, despite the fact that if you've got this, some sort of player that could vary the speed, you, could, you might get through it. Um, oh, yeah. Watch this at 1.5 speed, at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, as, as I understand it, and these aliens, they are interdimensional travelers, uh, and they are experimenting on these people because they were they were destined to die on this day the 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 mad biker was going to kill all of these people uh and thereby the interdimensional travelers intercepted they changed this event uh because they wanted to run experiments on the human race uh and the best way to not disrupt the timeline uh, irreparably would be by selecting this group that was already uh, doomed. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so I understand that part. Sure. But what's the fucking point? What's well, the experiment? What the fuck say, are they doing? Okay, Steve, so we're on the verge of a, a great uh, evolution as a species, according to Zone X. And uh, these aliens, they, they see us. And this is a very original sci-fi concept. You may never have heard it before, but they see humanity as dangerous uh, at mm. present. So they are, they're running tests to see our potential as a race and see if we are worth this power that we're on the verge of attaining. And if we, we pose a danger to the universe as a whole. Okay. So... They're doing uh, how, yeah, I'm not sure what giant Gila monsters are really accomplishing as far as uh, testing said resolve or whatnot. Testing, yeah, you test the resolve and the compassion of people who are dangerous by throwing Gila monsters at a bunch of dipshits. That okay. seems to be the case, yes. Whew. Wow. Wow. I, 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 don't, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Coleman, you got any more thoughts on this one, man? No, I can't. <laughs> it just it pissed me off so much. Well, you know, I, I like to I like to look at these movies from a different point of view because we go into them, believe it or not, with an open mind, and some things uh, are occasionally surprising, like the university player, and sometimes we get some some really amusing, weird shit. Uh, sometimes we watch irredeemable garbage, but. I like to think that every movie we watch, there's an audience for them somewhere, even if this movie's not for us. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking back at some reviews, and the university player has some, some nice, wholesome content in their Amazon reviews. Uh, by the way, this is available on Blu-ray, in case you're wondering, uh, if you need a copy of the university player and you don't want to stream it from Jeff Bezos. Uh, but it says, these reviews say, uh, this film is a really cool film, especially with the special features. See, I should have bought the fucking Blu-ray. I recommend this film to all that love comedies and story about relationships. Sure, sure. Uh, another review from Arbet Jones. Cute movie. Red Grant is very funny in this movie, and the storyline is very cute. Dealing with relationships, I can totally relate. Most of all, dot, dot, dot. It's pretty funny. Sure, I'll take it. 
That's fine. Good on you, university player. You're functional. But now I was looking at Zone X. And with Zone X, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff like, oh, it's a waste of time, bad plot, bad script, bad acting. Uh, With each passing moment, I thought it surely could not get worse. Then with each passing minute, I was proven wrong. Uh, (laughs) Just a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And then I noticed there's one five-star review on Amazon. And it is from a reviewer named T.D., parentheses, T. Dickens. And wouldn't you know, (laughs) wouldn't you know, the director of Aliens Zone X is Thomas R. Dickens. Now, (laughs) what does Mr. Dickens have to say about his movie? Oh, shit. This This theatrically released film is on my top 10 films ever made. (laughs) Certainly the best indie sci-fi film ever. No wonder it received so many festival awards. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, what festival? Played played big at the Dayton Film Festival. Yeah, the fucking Southern Idaho Film Fest. It played to 100% capacity theaters in New York City, Austin, Fort Lauderdale, Hollywood, and Las Vegas with a digital cinema package release and 5.1 audio mix. This sounds like a very normal review from someone who definitely (laughs) didn't direct this movie. Viewers who trash it, that's you assholes, okay, either didn't get that this is an independent film. Oh, we get that part. There's a lot of other things I don't get. Uh, and then he says, parentheses, not a 300 million Hollywood blockbuster. Okay, this isn't the fucking Avengers, Coleman. So temper your expectations. They're <laughs> jaded, quotation marks, haters. They tuned out too quickly, not giving it a chance or didn't watch it to the grand, quotation marks, finale. <laughs> then ellipses uh, of... Parentheses again, you know, the type that watches five minutes and says, it sucks. And then brackets, huh, lol, or quotation marks, I like this and I like that, but I'll give it one star anyway. Brackets, what? And parentheses. This is good. This is like some fucking E.E. Cummings shit he's typing out here. Um, you know, I didn't like any of this, and maybe I'm a jaded hater, but I don't think that any of my reasons fall into his aforementioned categories. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I don't um, know, Steve. Fu- what I would say is, is I like this and I like that, but I'd still give it one fucking star. Yeah, that okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, he, he did give it five stars here on Amazon, but he says, deserves 100 stars. Zonex does start at a certain pace. Parentheses. Well, that's getting true. to know the characters is <laughs> true. I mean, it has a certain pace. He's not wrong. Uh, it was shot with a camera. You can't, right? I mean, there's people, they're talking, there's dialogue. These are all movie things that happens. But when it takes off, wow. It just doesn't stop. When when does it take, take off? I, working up to a fever pitch with an epic, jaw-dropping twist ending. It's a miraculous achievement, considering the film. What's the twist? I'm not sure. The, the why isn't a twist. We knew that aliens were fucking with them. The why is just humans are assholes. That's well, that's I, a twist. I I guess the twist is that the aliens are not villainous and that the people were. It's essentially a they were dead all along type thing. That that's 
sort okay. of the twist. It's just uh, but, strange framing. Hold on. If they were dead all along, what well, they weren't really dead, but you I know, mean, but they, or we're they going were to die. We're going to, be to dead. die. Okay, they were destined to be dead. The people in the plane crash were destined to be dead. The uh, well, except for the one girl who also survives, uh, right? I, I I think they were all destined to be dead, and the aliens say that they could allow some to live if it didn't significantly affect the timeline. Blah blah blah. Okay, even even Mr. Australia. I'm not really sure why the plane people would have, have really encountered the insane biker man in, in any uh, respect. But No, yeah. I don't know why any of them would have. Okay, so the biker was going to kill these people anyways. But then subjecting the people who survive to watching other people get, like, shot and then, like, ripped apart or dragged away by space creatures, that's... I, I still think that means that the aliens are assholes, right? Uh, you, don't, you don't get, a, I mean, you don't get a, a pass as an audience for that. member. Absolutely, that's that's my takeaway. But I think that's not the intent of the director. I think he's, he's attempted to oh. shift your perspective on these aliens I, uh, with I'm that sorry, uh, stunning R. twist finale. We're not calling this a twist. I re- I refuse. I refuse. Uh, uh that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> are you finished with this uh, review? I, I am I am finished with this review. Okay, and there so, it is, the review of of Thomas R. Dickens. Well, <laughs> allegedly, we don't know. I can't prove that he wrote it. Maybe it's someone pretending to be him and who really loved the movie more than anyone else. That's fair. So Thomas R. Dickens is a guy who has a pretty extensive Hollywood resume himself. He was a visual effects artist on many major uh, motion pictures in the '90s through the early aughts, which is certainly when the this visual effects style was uh, acceptable. Uh, but you can certainly tell it takes a, a team of, of visual effects artists to uh, composite uh, computer animation into a film so that it doesn't look absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, and he did not have said team. So it just it's oh. just it's pasted on top of everything. Yeah. And the other notes I want to make on how ridiculous this movie is are the wipes, man. Every transition is a diagonal wipe. There's probably 3,000 diagonal wipes in this fucking movie. Star it, Wars, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's got to be what they're going for, I guess. But man, is it, it, it just looks insane. And the other, the other big takeaway on uh, a big what the hell are we even doing here is the, uh, the end of the trek through the desert where they're quote-unquote climbing down a cliff face where it's literally just these three people clearly laying on like a flat ground and they, they, they just rotate the frame they don't they're not clinging to anything they're just laying there going like oh and it just it looks yeah i can't even describe how stupid it fucking looks It's a it's a visual treat from start to finish. It it kind yeah, of is. I, I mean, Jesus, I, I, I don't even know what to make of this movie. I can't even formulate my opinions on this movie because on one hand, of any movie we've watched for this entire podcast, I feel like this movie might have. It's not my favorite sort of cult movie that we've watched. Certainly, uh, let's talk to Mister Doug Phillips. Uh, his films are a treasure that everyone should uh, seek and watch. But but they. They're not the genre that tends to get this sort of cult thing. This movie has legit cult legs, I feel like. If only it were a half hour shorter. God damn. The thing is, it's just got that 
stink of absolute madness that you see in very few films. Mm. But yeah. that being said, I still fucking hate it, which I hate to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to love you, Zone X. Yeah, it, it could it could use a little trim here and there for sure, for sure. And you you could see the roots of it, like you could tell that he was going for like a like a stop motion Harryhausen fifty sci fi cornball kind of thing, um, but also meshed with what I am assuming is his personal interest in you know the otherworldly and paranormal and mysticism and whatnot. It was and all that's so pretentious. Fun. <laughs> but right. yeah, yeah, it just, just kind of puts a little pretentious uh, can't be movie that's fucking balls serious about this whole subject matter, which is patently ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the so. other big thing is just Jesus Christ. I know you don't have money, but for fuck's sake, you can get local theater actors. What the fuck are we doing with these people? This is just mm-hmm. unacceptable level of acting. Yeah, yeah, and. It, you know, it's it's another one of those situations, too, where I, I respect that the man has a vision and he's trying to fulfill that vision. You know who else had a vision? The director of the university player. And the difference in his vision is while it was slightly out of scope for his budget, it was doable. And here it's just like, you know, he's he's reaching for something that he will never be able to grasp. It's just it's just beyond it. This is. This is too much of a movie for your budget. And I, I get you're trying to fulfill your vision, but damn, dude, like, just, I, I don't know. This, he's, I, he's, over, he's overextending himself. See, and it's, not hard, it, that's fun. it's hard for me to say. This, to me, feels like he had enough of a budget to make a competent science fiction movie with this setting. Sure. He just sure. misallocated it. He's so invested. He's a visual effects man. So he's like, how about all the visual effects? It's like, well, this movie could have used about a third of the appearances of weird aliens zipping in and out of the frame uh, for it to be an effective sort of creepy atmosphere in any way. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it, it can't work it, the way this is formatted. It, it can never work. Uh, and that I, again, I, I have some sort of uh, love in my heart for this movie because it is just mind boggling, but man, oh, it's hard moments. to watch. There's moments. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's parts where I just like genuinely like popped for this movie. Like when <laughs> there's a scene where the when the park ranger where they're, they're again, they're just walking through the desert and they're getting kind of grumpy either because of aliens or because of dehydration or whatever. And one of the guys, he like stomps on a plant because he's angry. And then the Australia park ranger just jacks him in the face. He's just like, I told you not to step on the endangered species. <laughs> It's like, got some beautiful. winning bullshit in it like that. Like even the beginning where the people break down and uh man in hoodie just like steps out and is like rubbing his eyes and there's fucking bullshit 1990 CGI spaceship zipping here and there everywhere. And he's like, oh, alien. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, this movie's it. It's going to win me over, but it never could. So oh, we should probably move on and label these things. Uh, would you mm-hmm. call what would you call Zone X? Is is this a curiosity or an atrocity? Because I am uh, stumped a little here. I'm. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm torn on both of these because, on, on one hand, I, I think with Zone X, it, it, there's something to it. It's it's certainly a curiosity in in many 
ways. But at the same time, it's it's fucking impossible to watch. It's so goddamn long and nothing happens. And all the good little bits are just so spread out that it's it's fucking atrocious. I I have to I have to go with atrocity on this one for sure for sure. Coleman, uh, how about you on Zone X? Yeah, yeah, Steve. Let's. I, I'm sure we're going to be shocked by your answer as to what you thought of Zone X. <laughs> it, it's it's such an atrocity. That, what's the director's name again? Uh, his name is Thomas uh, R. Dickens. He should be uh, locked up for for serious war crimes. Like this is. I'm, Try him I'm, at the Hague. I'm genuinely upset that I sat through this. <laughs> I'm never going to get that back. And that sounds like a cliche thing to say, but I was thinking that every time I would pause the movie and only 10 minutes had passed and I'd still have like an hour and a half left, I was so pissed off. I've <laughs> never had that visceral reaction to a movie. There's a lot of movies I haven't liked, but I, I'm upset that this exists. Oh man, Cuff, we're gonna drive Coleman off in like three weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, this is we we serve him up the fillet and he calls it dog food. Come on, uh, <laughs> see, I think Myros. Yeah, how about you? This this is weird because I'm gonna make conflicting points here. That uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna have to do any convincing to uh, get Coleman to say this is the worst of the two films, and I agree, it's the worst of the two films. But that being said. Uh, I gotta call it a curiosity. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. It's I I, I can't fault you for it. Um, but I guess I'll I'll, I'll play the in between man here with you guys because uh, I I don't felt I don't think I connected with it like you did, Myros, and I I hated it, but not as much as Coleman. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> university player. This is another one that I struggle with because. It is, for all intents and purposes, one of the better movies that we've watched on this podcast. Full stop. Um, is it a good movie? Absolutely not. Does it pique my curiosity in any meaningful way? No. It, it is what it is. You watch 10 minutes of this movie, you know exactly what you're getting into, and it stays consistent, except for that weird cell phone shit. That, that's kind of curious. <laughs> I'm, I, have, I have some curiosity around that. Um, but... I guess for Cedric the Entertainer alone and the puking woman, <laughs> I'm going to say don't, don't watch it, but it is, it is a bit of a curiosity for me. For me. Uh, Coleman, how about you? I definitely go curiosity. I know that's no big surprise, but uh, I, after watching it the first time, I genuinely kind of wanted to go back and watch it again. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, and it's something that I might even recommend to people um, just for the Art sheer joke? strangeness of some of it. Just that Nokia footage, <laughs> that really grabbed me. I, and that random uh, Cedric the Entertainer cameo. Um, that stuff is, uh, stuff is tops with me. Myros, how about you? University player? Again, I, I just, this episode's making me sound like a damn fool because I think this is easily a better movie, but I'm going to call it an atrocity because I feel like I've seen it before. You know, there's nothing new here. This is, uh, it's fine, but it's not, it doesn't pique my curiosity in any way. So as much as uh, it's, it's on the minor scale of atrocities, I, I still got to call it that, I suppose. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with that, then, I guess we got to figure out the way that we're voting. And normally, I think we'd try to pitch Coleman one last time on, on our movies. And here, it's almost like we flip-flopped in a way. Um, 
I gotta say, Zone X is the, is is the worst movie for me. Uh, it was much more difficult for me to sit through. I I could not handle it. Could not. Could not at all. So I, I'm I'm voting for Zone X, Myros. Congratulations. You know, uh, I'm also voted for Zone X. It, it's uh, I thought I you were going to symbolically it, vote for the university player. And insane, but I, it's a worse movie. It, it's a worse movie yeah. than virtually sure. everything. Yeah. Coleman, deciding vote. Well, not really. But, uh, you know, third man here. We're, we're, we, I think we know where you're voting. You're going Zone X, I'm guessing? Zone X, yay. All right. Zone X with the clean sweep. We haven't had one of those in a long time. Boy, I haven't had a um, W in a long time. Yeah, I know. Exactly. You've been a real street. Clean sweep since Slam Dunk Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Slam Dunk Ernest, uh, if you like this podcast, we also uh, do a podcast called Optimism Vaccine. and. In the coming months, we're going to do a series of uh, earnest episodes, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, This podcast that you are listening to right now, do us a big favor. There is a link in the podcast description that will take you to our iTunes page. Uh, You can go ahead, give us a five-star review for this beautiful podcast. Make sure it's a written review, too, uh, because that helps with the iTunes algorithm. And, uh, you know, the more reviews you have, especially written reviews, then uh, the more discoverability you have on iTunes. And that means more listeners, and that means we can do more things for you. Yeah, and we're we're a baby feed here now. We we just split off from the other podcast, so it, reviews are uh, they're crucial for us right now. So do us a solid, do us a solid. Let us let some people know we exist. Yeah, seriously, help us out big time. So if you're listening, please just take two seconds. That's all it takes. Uh, if you're interested in more content from us, uh, maybe some movies that are slightly better than the ones we cover here. Optimism Vaccine, you can check that out, uh, optimismvaccine.com. Also, we have a Patreon that covers Optimism Vaccine, cost of content, and everything within the uh, expanded Optimism Vaccine universe. Uh, So you can go to patreon.com backslash optimismvaccine, and that will be there. There's also a link to that in the description for this podcast. Other than that, you can email us, optimismvaccine at gmail.com, or tweet at us, at optimismvaccine, and, uh, you know, death threats, marriage proposals, uh, questions, comments, whatever you got. If you're uh, one of the directors of one of these movies, we'd love to hear from you. We've done interviews with directors of films we've covered in the past. We'd love to hear your side of this movie and, uh, you know, kind of the method to the madness. I mean, really, we want to hear from Thomas R. Dickens. I mean, we might have been hard on you, but I want to crawl right up in your head, man. You got something (laughs) going on there. (laughs) Get in there. Roll around in that gray matter, baby. Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much, uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Coleman, thank you so much for being on this episode. Thank you for, I mean, bearing this cross, baby. You're, you're, you're in it for the long haul. You're, it, you're in it, it for some pleasure. bullshit. We got, this is the, this is the kiddie pool, buddy. We're about to drown your ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next week.